hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. Ciao, papa, mio papa, time has come to say farewell. I am ready to go, going far. Now I know it will be swell. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always, this is... Hey, hello. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've had a productive day, got a lot done. I, I, I wrote my, my avatar review. And I wrote oh. my avatar review. That's that the embargo breaks on Tuesday. This is Sunday mm-hmm. now, but um, it's quite long. I got to edit it a little bit. How many, how many uh, words you got there? That's 1700 words right now. That's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a lot of review. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of movie. So this is true. Yeah. You know, 1700 words for a three hour plus movie. You know, I guess that you're doing, the Lord's work? There's just so much. No, I'm not. But there's just so much. There's so much baggage with it, right? Avatar so 3. Bag- Avatar 3. That's going to be a clean 900 to 1,000 words. Let's, wow. Let's, okay. You know, wow. So let's not let's chop it down a bit. I like it. I like it. I like that you're thinking ahead here. You know, How are you doing? Two steps ahead. I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's been raining up here. Uh, it rained here too. Nice. Yeah. 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 And then uh, just been hanging out, uh, watching some uh, movies and some television. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about one today. Yeah, well, let's do this. Out Now is a film podcast. We're aiming at discuss new movies weekly. We also have to like the we also like to have these special bonus episodes, and this is just that. We're doing another uh, just Abe and I main film review with a couple other things thrown in there. Yeah. And this week we're talking Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yay! The second Pinocchio film this year. The <laughs> That's right. Like third or fourth in the past, like five years, there's been a lot of Pinocchio lately. Mm-hmm. And our third podcast covering a Pinocchio movie in the past several weeks, given that we did a commentary <laughs> as well on Pinocchio. This is true. Uh, so we've we've certainly got a lot of Pinocchio in our system, and it's a, not about to change here. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about later on. Uh, but first up, uh, let's uh, let's Abe, let's do a little trailer talk here. Oh, okay. Recently. Uh, the the first full length trailer was released for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, this is the film based off, of course, the classic Nintendo gaming series. Um, it's coming from both the Nintendo and Illumination. Uh, they have combined forces for this, mm-hmm. and uh, the film has quite a cast. Uh, it features Chris Pratt as Mario, mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, naturally Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're thinking, who's going to who's gonna play Cranky Kong? Obviously, your bed was like, well, Fred Armisen's available, so let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who plays Funky Kong as of yet, but I'm sure we'll find out at, at some point. It's actually that you have to enter the cheat code before you start the movie to find out. God, I hope there's some interactive. That'd be hilarious if they actually did stuff like that. That'd, that'd be that. That would take you back to the days when interactive menus came to life know, at exactly. home video. Uh, all of that out of the way. Uh, we've now seen. We had like there was a trailer. There's a teaser before. Now we have a full trailer. Abe, yes. are you excited for this Super Mario Brothers movie? I am uh, meh on it. This is not a a bad meh or a good meh. I'm just I I. I think the second trailer was maybe a little bit more engaging, but at the same time, I'm just waiting to see. I, I'm excited to see it, but I don't know how I feel about uh, our cast here and also just uh, what the premise is going to be. Um, I I hope that it's good. I'm. I think that you have mentioned that Illumination has done really good work in in some of the past. I know. That I have they're... not mentioned that because I do not. Oh, like you've not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Well, they they are the the folks behind the minions and all of that jazz, but they've they've made some other movies that I have probably seen. Uh, so I am excited to see where this movie goes. Is my is my end result? I agree with you in that respect. As far as well, they made this, and I'm certainly curious. Yeah, that's maybe faint praising on what we've seen so far, but it's like we played Mario. They made a Mario movie. It looks like Mario. Cool. Like yes. I, I, I like that from what we've seen. It seems to be incorporating like Smash Brothers and Mario Kart as well, which is like okay, that's unexpected. I, I don't know what to expect from a Mario movie beyond there's Mario and he has to like team up yeah. Luigi and stop Bowser. Like it seems like that's a pretty straightforward premise. But as much as I'm not big on Illumination, the studio, it does feel like them combined with Nintendo has potential for something interesting and fun. Yeah. 
what I can tell you is this movie's gonna make a shit ton of money. <laughs> like it just there's <laughs> too much like nostalgia brand on the table. It's lively and big and fun looking. Like I, I can't there's I can't see like anyone being like we're not seeing Super Mario this weekend when that right. movie comes out. Like it's it gonna like be this. quite the uh you know, the trip for the parents and then it's gonna be great for the kids. Uh, Mario is still a, a huge property. I think for just sure. along it the is. studio front, you were mentioning um that Mario or I'm sorry, not Mario's involved, but Nintendo's involved. I mm-hmm. hope that there are visual tricks, not tricks, but there's some visual coolness about this movie as well. Um you mentioned Puss in Boots last week, uh, and then we've also we're we're big fans of Into the Spider Verse in this movie or in this podcast, mm-hmm. and they've done things with their animation style, and that's more like a universal thing. But you know, I am curious to see how maybe they might enthrall my eyes a little bit for this movie if they do at all. I mean, I think the I agree with you. I I hope for that is I hope right. that there's some ambition here. I like thinking that the Mario Kart aspects that are hinted that would hopefully lead to something like that. Like uh-huh. if 8-bit? If like Mario, you know, grabs a turtle shell and hits a mushroom and like just like the world starts bleeding around me. Like cool. <laughs> like I'm into like whatever you want to do. Are you that. watching it in that AMC that's like or that that uh, Regal that's like 260 degrees? Oh, the Screen X. <laughs> I don't know what you know it's what? called. It's called Screen X. I you know <laughs> what? If they play Mario and Screen X, I would probably I would this that this would be like the kind of movie I'd probably want to see that there way. There you go. <laughs> I'd I'll put it that way. There you go, Nintendo and Illumination. I just sold you a premium ticket. So here's a question for you. Yes. I've I've named all the stars in this movie who are certainly yes. stars. There's no doubt about that. But and we've only heard so much of it. And granted, the games themselves aren't exactly chock full of dialogue. So it's not no. like I mean, yeah. as much as there's an identifiable Mario voice, it's not like it's not we like my an extended audio of these people talking. Yeah, it's not like my. I I get that there's. This is what I want to ask you, but it's like my world's not ending because the three words Mario says don't sound exactly like Mario. But like, what when you look at this cast, you hear what you've heard of the trailer so far. Are you excited by like the voice talents presence? I, I'm excited about the prospect of them doing voices that I am not expecting. Uh, and this goes back to our discussion just uh, with a, a friend of the show about uh, one Daniel Craig and the adventures of Tintin, kind of just like throwing his voice or what have you. I know that Chris Pratt, when I first saw that first teaser trailer, I was like, this sounds like Chris Pratt. And people were, I think people were on the same page. Um, and Especially I know after he was like, he posted something I'm saying, gonna, I've, I've, worked on the, I've worked really exactly. hard on the voice. Right. And you guys are not going to be disappointed. And it's like, that sounds like Chris Pratt just saying, ow, or... <laughs> welcome to the mushroom kingdom or something right and then the second the second trailer the full trailer has him saying his catchphrase um with maybe like a little bit more flair so i i'm hoping that they do have fun with it i mean i didn't know who bowser was i kind of had to like uh, look it up but even that one okay um, when you know who it is you kind of are just thinking yeah, that's that. That's that. That actor. You know what I mean. So. Oh, you. Oh, I see. You, you didn't recognize who it was. No, I didn't recognize it. You didn't recognize it Jack Black. Got it. That's exactly. Yeah. And then I looked it up. and I was like, now I can just hear Jack Black doing it. You know what I mean. And so, hopefully, they they do have more fun with it. I think that Fred Armisen is probably gonna, you know, turn it up to eleven. But as the crank, as the cranky Kong character, the classic cranky Kong. Yes. I like the white beard. <laughs> do you think Fred Armisen got into like full on uh, method acting? He's just like, let me grow a big. Big giant beard. I hope he with, like, with a uh, a cane. I I hope he and like Bill Hader is somewhere involved in this as well as yeah. presumably Funky Kong. Um, <laughs> and, they, and they just did like a documentary now style video recording hilarious. session that they recorded so they could put in the show at some point. Um, so with, with all of this in mind, yes, I I, I want to do a fun exercise with you, Abe. If you and I were casting this movie, uh-huh. what voices would you want to portray these? these these classic nintendo characters yeah. i i have a list assembled for me here but okay. i, I want to know let's take turns back and forth here okay okay sure so, so let's let's, uh, let's name a character and, and we'll get started here you want to start with like the low characters or the high characters let's start with the high characters okay so mario okay i know he's done voice acting work before but who better than john c Riley to do mario just make it a funny voice make it make it like you know his professor voices and what have you john c Riley as mario i would eat that shit up you know i know that he's done uh, a video game movie before 
but I wouldn't mind uh, John C. Riley just handing it up. And he's also a really good actor, and I can hear a lot of inflection in his voice when he's trying to emote things. So yeah, give me John C. Riley. I I had a pick, and then I'm like, no, that's too good. I need to say that for a different character. And, and also, it's Mario, so it needs to be someone like young that the kids can relate to. <laughs> so I so I had Michael Sarah, but I'm like, well, he just had the the Blazing Sa- Samurai movie, the remake of Blazing Saddles uh, that, Hank, we, yeah, that, yeah. We, that we all saw. Um, right. But so it's like he can't do that. So I, I settled on uh, someone that's Italian, or at least has Italian <laughs> heritage. So, so it you know makes sense. Michael Sarah does too, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, but so so I I chose Noah Centineo. Why not? Right, throw him, throw him a, a I, animated yeah, bone. He was uh, Adam Smasher just recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah kids like him. I right? see. I see how you're. I, I like where you're going here. Where you're just like, let me get the young new generation. Oh, because I'm going way off the deep end for the rest of these. Things. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is your safe one. I need the relatable pick yeah. to justify the rest of these. <laughs> okay, so next up, okay, we got Mario. So we have. We have John C. Riley or Noah Centineo. Yeah, take your Pop, pick. Bad day idols. Uh, Luigi. <laughs> Luigi? Okay. For Luigi, I have the one, the only Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you, you're like, oh, but Luigi's like a tall, stringy guy. No, no, no. Imagine like low baritone voice Luigi. As you see here, I'm going older with my casting. But Luigi as Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester Stallone as Luigi, he would, he, Imagine Sylvester Stallone winning a fucking Oscar for this role because he hammed it up and was like, this is the, imagine all the press you get, Sylvester. This is the best Sylvester Stallone movie since. (laughs) Imagine uh, all the press you get for voicing Luigi in the Mario Brothers movie. But he's got it. He's got to throw his voice. He has to throw the the voice. (laughs) Yeah. He's got to throw it. He's got to have fun with it because, you know, he takes everything so seriously as as an actor. Why would you choose it for like Bowser or something? Oh, I have a different person for Bowser. Okay, fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) Who do you got for Luigi? Obviously, the people the kids love. That's right. Roberto Benigni as Luigi. <laughs> Academy Award winner Roberto Benigni. He's, okay. he's practically cosplaying as him in real life already. He just I like that you and I green. both have Italians in this role. Oh, yeah. I was trying to be very very uh, socially conscious about yes. all this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Roberto Benigni, big, tall, and stringy, very excitable. I could easily see him not knocking this out. Yeah. Sure, he's in his... I believe sixties, if not older. But... <laughs> Sylvester's in his late seventies. Yeah, Sylvester. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone's no spring chicken. I don't care yeah. how many Tulsa Kings he kills. Um, so yeah, you can tie in to pre- prestige TV. Roberto, Roberto Benigni. Uh, I like this Tulsa Tulsa King. By the way, not bad. I've been watching it. I've heard. I've heard good it's things. Enjoyable. There's a. There's Is a good... he good in it? Oh, he's great in it. He's okay. like he's the rock of this thing, and like it's got yeah. it's like Taylor Sheridan like doing his. Like wise guy, smart Alec writing stuff that kind he of does that in every movie he does. Yeah, and it works well enough for this like you know forty minute Paramount Plus series. But there's one line that really got me where he, 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 some guy says, "How'd you find me?" and the other guy says, "I just sent my GPS to dumb motherfucker." <laughs> that's, that's good one, Taylor. Good ending there. Uh, all right, so we have so we have our Luigi's Sylvester yeah. Stallone and Roberto Benigni. It's a it's this is again Oscar. Both of them potential Oscar. Well, one is Oscar nominated, the other one's Oscar winner. But yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We haven't done a good cast this in a long time. This is fun. No, man. this we is like a huge this yeah, yeah, this is like a retro right now. Yeah. Okay, Princess Peach. Okay, this is where I am going a little bit younger. But it's um, an actress that we we've all known, and she's been nominated for four Academy Awards. But this is Saoirse Ronan, uh, <laughs> okay. but Irish accent, just regular Irish accent, Saoirse Ronan. I don't know why, because I don't know what the 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 kingdom that she uh, rules over. I don't know what language they speak. But uh, give me Saoirse Ronan. Mushroom. They, they I don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so give me Saoirse Ronan for for uh, Princess Peach. How about you? Um, I was thinking like recent animated voices that like worked in this realm. It's like okay, Jenny Slate, Marcel Deschel, put her in there. Put her in Princess Princess Peach. Doing doing Marcel voice. Doing <laughs> doing some some weird version of Marcel voice. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in. You sold me. <laughs> All right. Call the day. You got it. Yeah, exactly. Signed, sealed, delivered. She does a lot of voice. She's in like Bob's Burgers and bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Bowser. Oh. Big oh. bad Bowser. Who do we have here? Okay, now I don't want you to be too blown away by this. I hope we lock in on one of these. Yeah, 
<laughs> we have to save one for one. It's it maybe this one. David Lynch. Oh, you 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 were so close. <laughs> <laughs> we know David Lynch to be uh, an authoritarian type figure in a lot of the roles that he's played. Uh, in, in a recent role as well, but you know we've all seen the the episode of Louis where he plays a, a CBS uh, executive. But I I think Jack Black. I'm sorry, uh, David Lynch as Bowser, kind of just being like, "Hey, give me your kingdom. Uh, come on, give me that shit." That was not my best, David Lynch. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> okay, Bowser. So this is who I had for Mario, but then I figured, no, he needs to be here. That's right. Daniel Day-Lewis steps out of retirement, Whoa! comes in, crushes Bowser. Okay, first of all, you won. <laughs> I, I fully accept this. He would destroy that voice. Yes. Destroy that voice. I'm just a humble Koopa. For some reason, he's doing Daniel Blaine. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, well, he's going with there with blood style? So, yeah. <laughs> Give me all your fireballs. style, yeah. <laughs> I need the Mushroom Kingdom now. <laughs> this is That's not, not bad for thing. unrehearsed Lincoln. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Daniel Day Lewis comes stomping in his Bowser. That's what. That's where I have. I like where this is going. Okay, next up, Toad. Okay, this is John Turturro. Damn, that's pretty good. I just need a guy who's gonna like guide you, but kind of be funny. John Turturro is that dude. He's got some good quips, but he's a little bit older in the voice now. You can kind of hear it. Uh, in his voice whenever he's uh, acting these days but you know toad he he's not like a super huge character but i want somebody who's gonna be having a good time with this character kiko michael key is not bad because you know he's a, he's a character actor and he also can do a lot of voices mm-hmm. but give me somebody who just like uh he can also give you like an fu type statement with and back it up with like some some oomph you know what i mean See, all the things you just said apply to my choice as well. But you, but, but you also have to add a little bit of like a little irritating. You got a little, little irritating because he's Toad. You know, he's like, are, bah, 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 like he does are you going to go with who I think you're going to go with? I doubt it because I'm going to say Alan Alda. That's right. <laughs> okay, <sorry. laughs> Alan Alda. When you were like, it's got to be annoying. He's like, Wallace Shawn? <laughs> no, that's too much. That's, a, that, that's, that, that's, way, that's, that's way far. <laughs> Alan Alda steps in. Okay. And that, you know, bringing that, that New York tough love. Uh, mixed of like knowledgeable and humor um yeah i alan alda he, he crushed this one um, i i like this pick because i like alan alda a lot and i think that he's kind of just like you know he's he's just hanging out these days yeah okay so john deterro and alan alda toad nailed it okay next up a few more here donkey kong okay i know that this person is maybe like uh, maybe in semi-retirement one last job give me bruce willis donkey kong <laughs> Hey, it's me, Donkey Kong. <laughs> he Bruce Willis is a comedic actor through and through. You know what I mean? Like you've seen him in his old on TV, you've seen him in his old uh, 80s and 90s movies and you know even still like when he does like Ocean's 12. Funny guy. I think it doesn't matter. This is voice recording. I know that he's going through a tough time. We can feed him those lines. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, Donkey Kong, Bruce Willis, give me some snark but also like give us some authority. Like you could put some you could uh, add some uh, additional bass in his voice uh, on in in post. Come on, I my I, my, my movie casting is like straight out of like nineteen ninety. Apparently, I like where your head's at though. <laughs> um, I will say like he's already in the movie, but like Keegan Michael Key, I think he could have been a good Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. That's uh, who I thought was Donkey Kong at first. I would have like if you showed me the names in this movie, I would have assumed so as well. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Seth Rogen definitely playing Donkey Kong, but here we are. Uh, but yeah, so my pick, well, he's played Erudite, and he's played Harry. Uh-huh. He's done those things combined. Let's do it again. That's right. Kelsey Grammer as Donkey Kong. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 that's the baritone voice I'm talking about. Where there you go. To, like, do it in post. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he could sing songs too. This is great. Oh yeah. The donk, the, the, the donkey wrong rap. <laughs> the donkey wrong rap? The Got donkey it. Kong rap. Yeah. 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 D.K. Donkey Kong. Okay, right. so Bruce Willis, Kelsey Grammer. Got it. Donkey Kong. Okay. This is a great casting choice. Yeah. Two more. Yes. Wario. Okay. So this one is very interesting because I have German director. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. Everybody's favorite. I don't know if he's like a thespian or 
what is he? Um, uh, he's a director. An auteur. A, he is an auteur. And I think that for the most part, um, he is a person that can really, really give me like hench voiciness and and it gives you a gravitas but it also gives you a sense of like fun and playfulness and that is everyone's favorite director Werner Herzog so. it's Mario I <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I need this stuff from so you've picked this the fire planet. plants and <laughs> you get you firepower but I have the mushroom and I grow larger but is my largeness only the inevitability of death speeding up can you imagine a philosophical Wario that is fighting Mario just being like, you don't understand exactly what you said, though, this philosophical need to get this like you know, fire plant so that he could also throw fireballs. Come on. In the form of a <laughs> larger, yellower version of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm saying that he'd probably ham it up uh, a little bit because we've seen Werner Herzog hamming things up. Oh, for sure. Uh, and we've heard him ham things up uh, yeah. in some in some uh, interviews as well as maybe even some films that he's yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So give me that. Give me that, Werner Herzog. Well, I'm a li- li- little bit of a different direction than you. I went with, <laughs> I went with Bobby Cannavale as Wario. Okay, I like give me, this. Give me some, I feel like that'd be a good play off of my presumed version that involves Noah Centineo <laughs> with Bobby Cannavale just go, just going. They are also, Warrior. you know, they are also antagonists in real life, <laughs> <laughs> as we all know. Noah Centineo yes, yeah. and Bobby Famously Cannavale known. Yeah. do not get along. <laughs> Famously known. Yeah. Um, okay, last one. Waluigi. Yes. Waluigi. Okay, Waluigi is a tall guy, right? Yes. And like his legs are like taller yeah. than his bot, his torso combined. Yeah, and he's got like, you know, a twisted mustache. Okay. This is where you go into like, you know, fun stunt casting. Give me Danny DeVito. That's it. For... I did it too. <laughs> we locked in. You can't see it, but I'm just like fist pumping in the air. That's my head. Fist pump in the air, baby. <laughs> Danny DeVito. It's the, took us the last one, but we did it. <laughs> This is why we have the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Same wavelength. You know oh, that. boy. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Did you really have Danny DeVito? Yes, I have it written right here on DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first choice. I was this like, is... let's go cast against type. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, Wario should be Danny DeVito. That doesn't make sense. No, Waluigi would be way more funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just uh, freeze framed uh, '90s style pumping in the air while while uh, the movie ends and like the director title comes up, but it's uh, like, yeah, we did it, boy. One, one, Danny one, DeVito. One. Wow, <laughs> can you imagine that? It's a great, it's a great fiend to yeah. my, my Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, no notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, actually, we did it. I'm proud of that. Congratulations. Good. Uh, great. Okay, so we've we've cat we've properly now casted the Super Mario Brothers movie. I think so. Yes, but we will still I mean, have. You're to... telling me that you're not going to go watch a movie with Academy Award winner Daniel Day Lewis being uh, as Bowser. As Bowser. <laughs> I would be like, give me all the seats. One day this movie. will happen. You know this, right? They'll be like, guess what? The fucking Minesweeper movie is coming out. Who's 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 voicing the commander? Daniel Day Lewis. What? Okay, I'm in. <laughs> watch it become like nominated for best Minesweeper of all things. <laughs> like that's the one. <laughs> Yeah, where you have to read the instructions first. And so that's what they we finally took the plunge on. Danny DeVito, man. What the oh, fuck? Yeah. We nailed it. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, the actual Super Mario Brothers movie arrives in theaters April 7th, 2023. But if you want to watch our movie version of it, you can let us know at outmailpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, someone fanned all these voices together. To <laughs> okay. All of that out of the way. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I want to tell you a story. It's a story you may think you know, but (laughs) you don't. Over there. What is that? Papa! (gasps) It speaks! He's just a puppet. No, I'm not. I'm a real boy. People are sometimes afraid of things they don't know. I don't understand. Ah, we have found the 
appoint him our star. Everyone shall love you and call your name Pinocchio. Pinocchio! Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro has a long list of passion projects he would love to make, including Lovecraft's In the Mountains of Madness and Frankenstein. Also on that list has been Pinocchio, a story that terrified him as a child. Working as a reimagining of the original story by Carlo Collodi, del Toro's Pinocchio is handled with stop-motion animation and co-directed by Mark Gustafson of Fantastic Mr. Fox fame. This version of the story is set in fascist Italy as Mussolini has risen to power. Geppetto is a heartbroken a heartbroken woodcarver who builds a wooden puppet to fill a hole in his heart. A wood sprite comes along that same night and brings Pinocchio to life, revealing a naive and mischievous little puppet trying to understand the world he's now living in. Pushed and pulled in different directions, Pinocchio will go on to be a part of a circus act as well as a member of the Italian army, all while forces of good and bad attempt to continually affect his decision-making. Abe, yes. it's been a busy year for Pinocchio. Certainly what, has. What did you think of this latest model? I thought that this latest version of Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, I think it's like, is that its full actual title? Guillermo, Guillermo I believe del Toro's it's Pinocchio? being credited specifically as Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio for the yeah. for a variety of reasons. Which is why we should keep calling it that. But um, I thought that this was a beautiful journey of love, loss, you know, sacrifice and redemption to a lot of degrees. And what I really enjoyed about it, uh, a lot about it, is that it really held on to this storyline and kept it through and it was sort of reminiscent of uh, some of the, the 1940s one that I that I that we watched recently mm-hmm. uh, but it also continued on its own pathway and true to del toro del toro loves having children in peril situations um which is not like a great thing in terms of like a real life situation but I like that he puts it on camera and lets these children show you that uh, either innocence can be taken away or innocence can kind of gain you some sort of redemption, like what I mentioned earlier. And it continues on this pathway of Pinocchio just really, really being <laughs> like, I I, sold, I totally was sold on his arc in this movie of trying to be this young kid, this young, bright uh, wooden boy who learns things here and there and then continues to learn things as it progresses. I did enjoy a lot of the animation style that they had and they employed like the wood sprite and also what Pinocchio later sees in a, in like this, you know, I don't really want to give away where he goes, but it's like where, where he has to travel to see another spiritual type creature. Mm-hmm. Fantastic character design. There's like moving eyes all over the place, glowing, uh, glistening uh, glows and like really interesting dialogue between Pinocchio and these characters. The fascist aspect of things, like it was kind of sad to see that there's children being sent to war, kind of reminiscent of like Jojo Rabbit style stuff. But it's just, I guess it's the the reality that uh, Del Toro wanted to portray on the screen. So I think a lot of elements really work for me here. And but the most thing is that it really had this tight story to tell about this young wooden boy, but also this very old uh, man who fell into um, this huge loss. And um, I, I I did enjoy also one particular element of the ending, which is not really a spoiler per se, but I won't really go too much into detail, that something does not happen to Pinocchio to really take you out of maybe like um, what you've been watching the entire movie. And I know I'm kind of vague there, but you know it kind of differs from the 1940s Pinocchio and, and even Zemeckis' Pinocchio, or I haven't seen... Benini's Pinocchio, but um, you know it differs from from that standpoint and kind of just keeps things as they are. But um, yeah, what do you think? I uh, really liked this movie as well. I, you know, I'm a big Guillermo del Toro fan, so mm-hmm. it's I was you know pumped and ready to see whatever he wanted to do with this story, and I thought he truly delivered something you know wonderfully fascinating as ever when it comes to his work in the fantasy genre. Um, this absolutely looks like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it screams del Toro to me, which is great to see when it's, you know, him changing mediums. You know, it's not making a live action film, but making something animated. And it just still fits his entire, you know, tone, like what he tends to bring to cinema in ways that I just feel very rewarding because it has these great, unique designs when it comes to the various puppet models. Mm-hmm. It has a, a real solid handle on delivering basically a dark fairy tale version of Pinocchio. It matches it up against these yeah, real life 
scenarios involving fascist Italy and kind of the the atmosphere of that time, uh, you know, the the fear that comes within the town amidst the kind of sense of wonder of there being a wooden boy present and what have you, um, the aesthetics of this thing, just the you know the production design, the the costume design, which makes a you know it's maybe animated, maybe stop motion, but it's still stuff that's being crafted and it just mm-hmm. looks gorgeous. Um, the voice cast of this is wonderful. Um, I I really I like David Bradley. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has been using him a lot um, in different things. Like he used him in mm-hmm. the strain, the, the FX series, The Strain. Um, he's also like what is he? He's in the Harry Potter film. He's in the Harry Potter Game, he, Game, he's, Game of, he's, Game of yeah, Thrones. And, yeah, he's like the groundskeeper in the Harry Potter. Yeah, but um, I I like what he does here as Geppetto. I really like Ewan McGregor as as Sebastian J. Cricket. Yeah, um, I like that there are different versions of these characters. Essentially, like there, there's kind of modified versions of the kind of the, the Pinocchio story you already know. Like Christoph Waltz uh, plays the kind of. I mean, he's he's kind of a mix of the both the like the the a, a few characters like the 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 puppet master guy and I guess like the coachman's like a mix of him and like Ron Perlman kind of play like it's just it's take it's like there's some different spins on what you already know about like That's if right. you if you're going solely from like the Disney version it's obviously moving different direction because it's set in fascist Italy um but like the the way he gets some good performances out of these people I, I really liked as far as hearing these like just just getting this you know getting the emotion getting the sense of what's going on in this version of the story um but I mean, yeah, like this whole thing just comes together in a way that I just really appreciated how he's chosen to tell this version of Pinocchio. I like the Pinocchio is like a little stinker in this movie. Like he has this this energy to him that's <laughs> energy mis- is the right word. Yeah. It's more mischievous. Um, there's he, he can be kind of bratty at times. Like he he fits like a child <laughs> would be. Yeah. Um, there's a naiveness to him like that. Just really. That's what it is. A there's a, a genuine quality to it. Yeah. That feels real for someone that's like learning stuff for the first time and like wants to just have fun and drink hot chocolate, but like has to learn about things. Like it's just, that's, I like that. I like how that plays into this version of his character. Mm-hmm. And then like, by the end of this thing, like after all the adventures he goes on and the the latest version of Monster that I've seen this year, yeah. uh, you get to this end point that just left me feeling very emotional in ways I did not expect whatsoever. Right. I've seen this movie a couple times now. It got me both times. I yeah, it is this really works for me. In a year that's been full of a lot of really interesting and good animated movies, this is like top tier stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I really yeah. I, I certainly appreciated the ending uh, for, again, the emotional journey that it takes you on because you are following Pinocchio and Geppetto and uh, Sebastian J. Cricket through this entire thing. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, which is mm-hmm. not necessarily like a, a change per se, but it's kind of just like your own interpretation, interpretation. Maybe maybe it's a little bit more true to life to the, the original text, too, is that while there aren't, there's not this, you know, island of fun per se, from the 1940s Pinocchio where, you know, the boys turn into donkeys. Sure. Um, there is an element of these boys being rounded up, but for a different purpose altogether. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you react to that? I thought it was a logical way to take it given yeah. where we're set here. Like, I like that it, I like that the characters are introduced fairly early on the characters that are involved in that segment. So it mm-hmm. builds towards what that's going to be. Because uh, it doesn't feel, you know, coming out of it doesn't feel like the next step in his adventure. It feels like, well, this is yeah, this is naturally where we would go based on what's been set up so far. So I, I appreciated that it had, you know, kind of a there was a focus in what kinds of things needed to happen in Pinocchio's journey that made sense for the version of the story Del Toro was telling. Yeah. Did you did you like it? Did you? I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, mostly because I was thinking to myself, well, there's going to be an element where there's like, you know, a happy fun time. Um, but are they going to have some sort of like strange element to it, like a transformation element to it? And they did it. They kind of kept things very, not like authentic or real. It's just more, they just kept things very practical to the story yes. that they were telling. And so that made a lot of sense to me, you know, that you see the parallels of these boys being rounded up and then these, these boys kind of having to do what they have to do and kind of just being, uh, marched off kind of thing. So and they, and they made the the character like they like they have instead of the oh boy instead of the kid in the forties version that's the, the the kid that gets turned to yeah. a dog when they're playing pool together you have Finn Wolfhard as Candlewick who right. is 
he's like the son of Ron Perlman's character, and he also right. kind of is a bully, but then he becomes like a friend to Pinocchio. Yeah. Like it's it's a neat kind of evolution for like it a really mini arc in there. Yeah, journey. and um, sort of emphasizing what you're mentioning too about just you've met these characters before. You know, you know that they're not necessarily bad. They're kind of like Podesta might be a little bit more bad than his son, but Podesta is kind of just like serving a role as this like person in this military. Um, but then his son is just kind of trying to like look up to his father and trying to be like his father. And then that like very sweet moment of them just like throwing pillows at each other and mm-hmm. trying to one up each other. So that, that really helps out in, in terms of me following these, these, uh, this particular plot point and then continuing onward. Um, Something Here's, that you're, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to know what'd you think of Christoph Waltz is, is voice in this movie. That it was great. Yeah. I did too. I, I really, yeah. I thought it's like, this is the perfect use of Christoph Waltz. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, Waltz is, he, we, we just recasted uh, Super Mario, or Mario, Super Mario World? Uh, yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Um, and Christoph Waltz would have probably fit in a lot of places there too. But Christoph Waltz has been known to ham things up. And in this one, he's not necessarily hamming things up. But he's also still very nefarious in his voice work. Yes, and I really dug that about it. While it's 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 clear that it's him, because um, probably because he has his his Austrian accent. But I certainly enjoyed that he has this. Um, it's not even a smugness, but this sliminess to the way he For speaks. Sure. Yeah, and so I, I dug him. I agree. I think he it's well cast. For yeah. sure. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of the things that Pinocchio goes through, and I also want to kind of get your your um, opinion on our sea monster. But mm-hmm. something that Pinocchio goes through is something that I hadn't really seen in any of the previous features that I've watched of this of this story. Um, and in this one, he kind of has to he has like a journey with these rabbits who are playing poker, and he has these conversations, all voiced like, by Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, which I I was like, who's who's his voice? Yeah, um, but I saw the credits and I was like, oh, that's that's fun. It's a lot of like Del Toro regulars, to be honest. Um, yeah, he's got but... his, his stable of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's fun. To, it's fun that they came to play. Uh, so there's also these conversations that Pinocchio has with like another character. Um, and I I was curious your thoughts on just how they took a serious tone to those. Oh no, we don't have to be thinking about who voices this character. It's Tilda Swinton that's Tilda voicing Swinton, yeah. voicing this character, and right. I I really liked this um, yeah. v- visually, of course, because it's really interesting and it's neat. Great. And I like that there's a version of this character where the the face is like almost a mask, and the mouth just doesn't move, so it's right. this kind of eerie black phone fake. style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, black phone style. Uh, but even like I look like Hellboy Two does something similar, also with the character, where it's just mm-hmm. like you just kind of. There's a lot of emoting going on through face without movement of mouth. But regardless, uh, as far as like its use in the story, no, I appreciated the the way it establishes stakes in a different sort of way. As far mm-hmm. as how Pinocchio can be affected by what's going on around him, mm-hmm. I, I I like that it had a a take on that that of course has an effect towards the end of the film. But right. Like, but allowed the film to get away with doing certain things to Pinocchio that are on the one hand dark, when on the other on the other hand darkly funny. Yeah. Uh, so the way it could push those limits within the realms of a you know PG dark fairy tale movie. Yeah, right. I, I appreciated what that was going on there. Yeah, I was confused at first. I was like, well, what's going on here? Because um, I think I know where this is. And then as it progressed through, and you're talking to Tilda Swinton, um, and he she's talking to Geppetto. Um, I really dug that it became much more apparent to Pinocchio about the consequences of this. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. then it, like what you mentioned there, there's just like this really, it kind of swings on this toward the third act of the movie. And again, this is where everything kind of crescendos together into this beautiful, it's not even a cacophony, but like this beautiful composition of here's everything that you watched previously coming together for real purpose for real stakes Mm -hmm. and i I really enjoyed that so but they're very like very like weird philosophical discussion that they have but then it just shit gets real kind of thing for sure yeah yeah um Um, yeah go ahead i want to ask you now what did you think of the score as well as the attempts it has to be kind of a musical in places 
I enjoyed the score. Uh, Display has never really led me astray. Yeah, I was at a display once again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, I think we're the ones that called this first Oscar, by the way. So um, kudos to us. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yes, kudos uh, to us. Yes. Exactly, yeah. The Academy listened to our podcast and they're like, you know, these guys are right. These boys are right. Alexander well, Display has yeah. worked really hard. And and it helps that Anna and I, along with Terrence Johnson, uh, my lovely girlfriend and friends of the show, um, all three of us are best friends with Alexander Display. So like that really helps. That's I right. Think. You guys met him over at the uh, ACA Awards we, or something, right? We we met him during the Shape of Waters press run and he he hand delivered us copies of the soundtrack to, to the movie there so, you I mean, go yeah you just, shook we're, his hand we're once. friends we're friends for life that's that's what it yeah is. you shook his hand once and he's won uh six academy awards since then i don't know we're, we're, six. he has three i believe we're yeah. we're so good that we didn't even ask for a picture together with him we're just like we don't care that's how professional <laughs> you are yeah but as far as the musical he has aspect two of it, he has two for dead budapest i thought he did have three budapest yeah. and shape of water he's been nominated nine other times as well so yeah yeah well he's shaking his fist at those other at those other composers he's whipping a um, scarf around his neck and walking away that's what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> sashaying um as far as the musical aspect of things, I, I enjoyed the musical aspect of it. I also like that there's like a running joke with Sebastian, Sebastian J. Cricket. Yes, on, on yes, that he doesn't get to sing. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it because it didn't necessarily take me out of it. It actually, it actually kind of enhanced um, what I was watching because it's not really played for... Uh, there's only like two to three songs in this movie. While that might be a lot, I think that it really helps with just moving things along or like explaining things like a fun creative way that is not just exposition dumping you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it fun like I, I i appreciate that it wasn't just um whimsical for the for the need to be whimsical like the 1940s one where it's like you know i got no strings da, da, da. or even like when he's singing his song with um uh uh who's who's like that fox guy i he's velope right hi, hi. yeah hi little diddy yeah, like you know, he's singing that song, but in this movie, it actually works out because when he's singing again, it just adds to your visual interpretation of this movie. For sure, I mean, the '40s version is a musical; it needs song. Yeah. That's its point. It's a part of its thing. Where this movie, right. yeah, it's not specifically a musical; it just has musical touches to it, and right. I I appreciated them as well. I like. I mean, I they're geared towards the emotion of the movie as well and you have like chow papa mm-hmm. in there like just things that work for like what geppetto's going through like yeah i appreciated it for yeah. sure um so i want to ask you about the sea monster uh what did you think of the sea monster in this movie or uh, this... I, I, do they even call him monster in this movie i don't, I so, don't right? believe it had what well did like one yeah. of the they just call people... it a sea monster i think so right yeah. um I mean, this has been a good year for sea monsters. Let me tell you, uh-huh. <laughs> there's been a lot of sea monsters like, between the sea beast and and this thing, and even the Zemeckis version of Zemeckis one. Yeah. And we're coming up on Avatar, which has like just sea creatures galore. Um, this movie, yeah, it once again, you know, if you're going to put a monster on a movie, I'm probably going to be satisfied by it. Like there is, mm-hmm. <laughs> mainly because it's just it's so big, and you're animating this thing, and it's like. I want to see the behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. take on, on this section of the movie because yeah, it's impressive. Uh, it, it does what I was expecting from it. And once again, the fact that it's set during this time in Italy, I like what's going on in the ocean and how that plays a role right. in what's going on here. So yeah, there's, yeah, it's a, it's a neat design for sure. As far as giant sea monsters go. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I like, I like the activities that transpire within Monstro as well. Yeah. Uh, I I watched clips of the Zemeckis Pinocchio earlier, and mm-hmm. I was just watching it for the sea monster. And I was like, you know, the design of the sea monster here is not bad. Um, it's got tentacles. It's kind of... Yeah, uh, I like that it's like a monster, as I pointed out in that yeah. review, it's, as opposed to just like a big whale. But big whale, like, yeah. If it's live action, whales don't look like that. So it's like, yeah, let's make right. it a big sea monster. <laughs> and that's yeah. what they did. <laughs> But the, the difference between that one and Del Toro's Pinocchio is what I can describe as, or what I would describe as, there's a, like a scale presence available sure. in the Del Toro one versus the Zemeckis one, which has this, at one sequence, having him swallowing Tom Hanks on like this little raft, mm-hmm. um, as well as Pinocchio. And in this one, like it feels 
like it's a large monster that is, you know, uh, taking on uh, Pinocchio as well as Geppetto and and Sebastian J. Cricket in this. And I think that the energy in this one is also very fitting of the original. Um, uh, what was his name in in the forties one? Monstro. Monstro. Yeah. Well, yeah, Monstro. Like in the, there's like this nefariousness to this monster too. Like yes. It, it's, yeah. It's like there's a no nonsenseness to it. It's like you know I'm just here to be a, a like a, a like a bad guy so to some degree. Um, so I like that there was like this, like it feels like he's a he's a villain. You know, yeah. Versus it's like not just the, eating by chance. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. going after people. <laughs> it's doing it on purpose, and it's gonna keep you in there. And it's actually pretty. It it is like a dire situation. Um, the other thing I liked about this monster too is that there is um. Uh, like the sound design for it, really mm-hmm. good. Like really oh, well done. Sure. Like, yeah. Very reminiscent of Monster from the '40s, where it's like loud, like it moves the ocean. Um, and I like that there's a very quick little. It's not about a throwaway, but Geppetto just says like, "This is a monster that that is from the deep. It only comes up every once every decade to get some sunlight, and then it goes down. So we're gonna either die here, or we're gonna drown. Uh, so we have to get out now. So it actually." gives you some element of well you know that's why this monster is not very seen very often uh, it's just this guy that comes up every now and again mm-hmm. yeah yeah sounds like uh, we really love this movie i mean it's just a it, it, it's <laughs> it's just this it's it's this great passion project that i'm happy to was finally able to make but it's like yeah. of course it's like <laughs> especially with animation there's no like i've mentioned you know regardless of how much we like certain animated movies there's no room for like messing around in these kind of things, especially stop motion animated films. Like everything counts. So like, yeah, you're putting in the effort. It's going to leave some kind of impact. And this is just, you have what I consider one of the, you know, better directors working today, like doing one Mm -hmm. of these, like, yes, of course it's working out in the ways that I wanted it to. It just really delivers on top of all that. Like, yes, you have like so many great things aesthetically, but like I already mentioned, by the end of this thing, I just it just got right. me. Like it just yeah. it, and it and it's all down to another performance I really like, which is Ewan McGregor as the cricket. I do think mm-hmm. he 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 brings what's needed to keep a level of humor going here, but also keep the idea that we are like telling a story that has lessons in it. Yes. Um, and I think those are you know for a movie that's designed, despite its darkness, to be meant for people of all ages to watch. I do think it's important to hold on to like a level of messaging and whatnot to kind of bring yeah. some closure in different ways beyond just, and then Pinocchio did this and that. Like it's yeah, need to see the well, ramif- ramifications you're, you're of that. The one where it's like, and then they live yeah, happily that ever bull- after. That bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one, like it's getting into ramifications, getting into kind of the natural order of things in That's ways right. that are told rather sublimely, honestly. Like yeah. you get to the end of this and it's like, you feel a certain way, but it's not be- out of like malice from the movie trying to force something on you. It's more like that's just how things are, and it's like God, that's that right. got me. Yeah. And just that, the right I, way. I really appreciated like what you're talking about with Sebastian J. Cricket, you know, um, talking about how there's consequences and mm-hmm. and some rationale and responsibility that that has to be taken. Um, but I also enjoyed sort of like I guess maybe the, the epilogue of things. Yes, um, and just how yeah, there's like this beautiful finality to things you know mm-hmm. what i mean um and that that was that's a deal del Toro trait of just like i'm not gonna i don't need to sugarcoat anything for kids they totally understand and also for families that are watching this like they're, they're totally gonna understand what i'm i'm doing here and i really dig that i mean very very true <laughs> like i i would look forward to like hearing that kind of response from families that are engaging with this film and like what it's trying to do at the end there right and I think what also aids that is, you know, we've talked about uh, some of the early things too, but like that, like first, like 10 minutes or 15 minutes with Carlo, like uh, Geppetto's son, uh-huh. really, really well done. Oh yeah. As well. Like I am like, I, I, I instantly like understood their relationship. I also instantly felt very um, like protective of Carlo uh, uh-huh. at many points of just like, um, what he was doing and you can sit like these are these are like puppets you know what I mean these are like stop motion puppets and yet I felt this connection to this too like this father-son relationship of just you know wanting to protect his son but also like he never even tells his son why the planes are flying or what have you he's just like we have to go home and we we should stay inside and 
Um, and then, you know, things happen. Like it's not, it's not like up level of things happening um, in terms of like how it plays on your emotions, but it certainly is something that can like, it really informs like the next part where Geppetto just like pissed drunk sometimes, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh man, like the despair that happens to this is just awful. And then, yeah, it, you get this ending here that is like beautiful. Yeah, it's it seeing Del Toro like do this, like you know, you know, he's made so many like movies I really like, and it's gone in different directions as far as the kinds of films he wants to make, whether it's summer blockbusters or you know, dramatic Oscar winners. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, having him come down here in animation world and deliver a story that you know has that emotional value to it, and just and still brings like all the best things out of him, just yeah, very rewarding. Um, just a couple questions for you here just in terms of the release of this um was this a del toro project and then netflix bought it or netflix was like here we'll give you a bunch of money you make it for us it's something he's been wanting to do um and it's stalled out a few different times for various reasons Mm -hmm. and then netflix finally teamed up with him to make it happen okay yeah so this is definitely like a netflix release right it's not like they acquired the rights to it after he had done it and they're distributing it later on netflix they're like they're the main distributor. It's right. They're partnered up with a number of production companies okay. for this, including the Jim Henson company. Yeah, um, I saw that in the in the opening credits. So like it's yeah. it's a comp- well. I, I just want to give like a kudos to Netflix mm-hmm. if this is like a true like oh Netflix is definitely like pushing this out on their own. It's like well then good job because this is one of the ones that I would say that this is the content that I was expecting like a decade ago. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we're going to give you $300 million to make this movie. It's like, I know that this movie didn't cost that much, but you know how Netflix has just been sort of some degree in the past hit in the past decade, just writing these blank checks. And you're just getting like very average films, which you've talked about uh, at, at previous times. For sure. Yeah. So get on you, Netflix, for making this movie that is critically well-received and also uh, a movie that I, I look forward to watching again. Yeah. I... <laughs> I... I, I... It's been in theaters for a while, for a little while in select theaters, but it's like, God, it's there's a there's a world where this could have been like a giant, not today, because that's just not how audience is going to be. But mm-hmm. like, there's a world where this could have been just like this wonderful hit that everyone saw and had a great time with. But we'll have yeah. to settle for, yeah, the streaming version, which is okay, fine. That's just the way to do it. But you know what? Yeah. It's there. He just got don't check re- your phone. He yeah. Got to realize just watch it. Don't thing. check your phone. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It all works out. Yeah, in your press kit, did they give you a, a figurine? No, I got a pop toy of one of the rabbits, which I'm fine. I mean, oh. I I don't okay. need anything, so it's whatever. But I got the art. I was just curious so if they I were just like, "Here you go, guys." Here's like this three inch figurine of Pinocchio. Like, I, I, nice. That would have been cool, but I'm not. You know, you get a free pop toy and an art book, yeah, yeah. the soundtrack and the score or whatnot. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm yeah. not complaining about the amount of Pinocchio. The you know the large Netflix box that said Pinocchio on it that sure. arrived at my doorstep a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Personally hand-delivered by Guillermo del Toro himself who gave you a warm hug. I mean, he's we're already best friends with him anyway on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, you, you heard, you listeners heard him once again That's stepping right. in live to record the intro, so you know, it all worked out. <laughs> um, one last thing, I, I wanted to mention this. Um, yeah. I love the building of Pinocchio sequence because it's treated like a body horror sequence. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Like they get all yeah. these great close-up shots of him carving the wood and making it look like as violent as possible. I was mm-hmm. just like, this movie's crazy <laughs> watching this, this this little segment yeah. right here. It was fun, but it, again, it's like it was like a, a crime of passion kind of thing. But yeah. it was just um like even when he's uh, you know getting the wood for this, it's like, what is happening here? Like he's in a drunken stupor, yeah, a drunken it's this, rage. like spiteful version of him, yeah. like, Pinocchio. And it's like, wow, this is intense. And uh, <laughs> and that yeah, it's intense. And then he goes to sleep, and some magical things happen. So okay. yeah. <laughs> so, I I mean we've talked about this, but like Pinocchio is currently streaming on Netflix and it's available in some theaters. When should people go and see this movie? Uh, you should see this immediately. Like you can stop what you're doing and see this. Like if uh, this is be a th- theater rating for sure uh, on my on our old scale. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. It's a great movie. See it when you can. Right, like right away. Yeah. Like it's there. Go go watch it. It's great. Exactly. It looks beautiful. Um, it, it does look beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we reviewed Pinocchio. Um, before we wrap up here, though, let's go over a little lot now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash right now podcast. We asked a number of questions of the listeners and they gave us some answers. 
And here we go. First question we have here is, what are your favorite dark fairy tales? Uh, Scott writes, I'd say Del Toro's own Pan's Labyrinth is my favorite. Chris writes The Company of Wolves and The City of Lost Children. And Philip has Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, I will. Those are all great answers. I will never not say City of Lost Children. But uh, I know it's not really a fairy tale, um, but you could read it as such. It, Donnie Darko. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think of other ones that weren't said already because like yeah Pan Fern Gully, the last rainforest pan's labyrinth i mean i i like i like to choose good movies when i think of these answers <laughs> eight. that's kind of my thing here um but that's krista <laughs> um it's krista um i don't know i guess the red shoes that's a dark fan i think <laughs> oh <laughs> they're dark no. fairy tale yeah um well, I mean, like Sleepy Hollow is not like a fairy tale. I mean, I guess it kind of is. Kind of right? is, like, yeah, yeah. So Sleepy Hollow. I mean, there's like a lot of like elements of fairy tale ism is in it, right? For sure. There's like a hero. And there's yeah. like a, a a woman in distress, a princess in distress. Or even like mean? Edward Scissorhands. That's like a dark fairy tale. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's why it snows here in the valley, Aaron. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, he's just chopping up ice blocks. Uh, the next question here: What is a what's a classic story you'd like to see done in stop motion animation? Luke Thompson, friend of the show, has The Odyssey. Chris has, would love to see like a do Moby Dick or Frankenstein. Franken Frankenstein, I, I apologize. Uh, and Philip has Bleak House. What about you? Any stop motion animation features that you'd like to see from a classic story? Um, I don't know. Coyote? Lord of the Flies? Don Coyote? Yeah. Lord With the uh, Adam Driver voicing again? <laughs> Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Lord of the Flies stop motion. That'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I dig that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a like a Jekyll and Hyde. That'd be fun, right? That'd be fun. Get a Jekyll yeah. and Hyde movie in stop motion. Exactly. Yeah. I can see that happening. Stop motion animation features for a classic story. I mean, what's classic these days? Like 90s, 80s, 70s? Sure. Or we're talking 50s. Whatever you want. Give me Jaws stop motion. Jaws stop motion. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, last question we have here. Name some films featuring memorable carnival scenes. Todd Lieben, a friend of the show, writes The Sandlot and Big. Uh -huh. uh, Chris has The Lost Boys. And Philip has The Unknown. Man, carnival scenes. Memorable carnival scenes? Have you seen Face Off lately? Yes. The movie opens up with his son getting shot at a carnival. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dark Man. Uh, Dark man. Well, he has to get the pink elephant. Trying to get that bear elephant. or whatever. Yeah, pink, pink elephants, please. Pink elephant. Yeah. Off the pink elephant. The pink. Getting elephant. all angry. Yeah. No, no. Listen here. I did. I I hit the thing. You give me the pink elephant. <laughs> give me the goddamn elephant. That's a that's a good mad uh, Neeson. <laughs> yeah. Is he trying to hide his accent in that movie, or is he going full on Irish or Scottish? Is he's hiding. No, he's Irish. He's Irish. he's hiding the accent. Okay, but yeah. but it's still like in that phase where. Even he's now, like it. he's always kind of, it's not even working on it. It's more of like, he's not not doing it, but it's still kind of there. Like, it's a weird like thing where yeah. he rarely embraced, like the gray, he's Irish. He is playing Irish, but even then he's it's like so, so like into being American that it just like, it's barely there. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's this, he has this weird thing with his, and he's also like, he's lived in America for like most of his for life. For a long point. time. Yeah. Like he, like he literally like emigrated, I believe like back in the like nineties at this point. So he's, he's been yeah. around like living in New York. Yeah. With various uh, thoughts. Some on might say it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> so yeah, dark man. There you go. That's a good, that's a good carnival scene. Yeah. Better right. than, than uh, or Adventureland too. There you go. Adventureland, yeah, great. The entire movie. Yeah, you could win a big damn panda. Um, <laughs> so that's out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that's going to do it for this bonus episode of Out Now with Aaron Abe. You can buy more of my work, my personal blog, at codezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing for League of Entertainment and Wise So Blue. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron TS4. Abe? You can find my reference over my Instagram, Abe.moo, and Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag uh, XOXO Sebastian J. Cricket. <laughs> uh, you can find all the other episodes of this podcast on Audioboom, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on the internet, SoundCloud, Podomatic, everywhere. Yeah, find us on all the socials: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and and uh, iTunes. Feel free to leave us a review on there. By the way, yeah, thank you so much in advance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. 
this is a bonus. We have another bonus coming soon enough. It will be for Emancipation. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get back to regular episodes as well, coming with Avatar a week from the time of this recording. So stay tuned wow. for all of this fun content. Um, but this is fun as always. So thank you for listening. And until next time, so long and goodbye. Ciao, Papa. Mio Papa. Time has come to say farewell. For how long will I go? Is it far? No one knows, no one can tell If I am gone for a long, long time I'll pack away a fine piece of shine The sounds of birds jumping with bells Draw rings of plums to bags of shells The smell of bread, a drop Let's go! Yahoo!